Well, happy Sunday morning. Happy uh, Southside Irish to Parade Day. What a beautiful day for the parade. <laughs> uh, I have another pressing matter I have to start off with today. Uh-oh. You know, on our text line, mm-hmm. 312-981-7200, when you text in, the texts uh, just stay on there from the previous shows. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I guess the last uh, show that was done in this particular studio where I am today was Steve King and Johnny Putman last night. They were on at 930. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's always nice text. People love oh, Steve and Johnny. Them. Sure. Who doesn't love Steve and Johnny? Right. But. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. At 3 a.m. a text came in. <laughs> 3 a.m. on the day. <laughs> I'm reading right off the text screen. <laughs> Can you say every word that's every in the word text? that's in? I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna read the whole thing. <laughs> it's at 3 a.m. Johnny, comma, hide Steve's underwear when you get home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now. I like to listen to Steve and Johnny. I enjoy it, but I did not. I wasn't able to last night. I fell asleep early. What's going on in the studio? Is that like a daylight saving time uh, tradition or something? <laughs> you think? <laughs> change your clocks, change your smoke alarms, hide your partner's <laughs> underwear. <laughs> Could be. Air pals Aaron Moore. Their famous song, Southside Irish, to kick off this Southside Irish Sunday that we've got here today. Uh, as always, we, we usually have uh, the guys come in and they perform the song live for us. Uh, I think they have uh, gotten smart after all of these years and said, hey, play the recording. We're busy. No, they didn't say that. They had uh, oh, pre- pre- previous commitment. <laughs> <laughs> they Their schedules... Our, the the schedules got all mixed up uh, this year, so uh, they were unable to join us. But we uh, will. I think we're going to play the full song because it's kind of a, a tradition uh, that Roy Leonard actually uh, started here playing. It was Aaron uh, uh, Roy Leonard that first brought Aaron Moore to WGN, and I enjoyed them every year on Roy's show. So we continued the tradition. This is probably the first year in. I don't know, 20, 30 years, something like that, that they haven't been here live with us. So so we'll, we miss them today. Uh, I thought there was something different uh, this morning. You know, ordinarily they're in, you know, ready to go. First they they thing. have the whole band set up. Yeah. They, they bring the whole band here and, mm-hmm. uh, early. Uh, and then they go, uh, you know, Southside Irish uh, Parade Day is one of their busiest days of the year. They come here and perform with all their equipment everything and then they head out to the south side for the parade to gaelic park for different uh performances so uh hey you know i don't blame them wanting to take a year off once every 30 years (laughs) (laughs) it's a good run yeah that's basically what we do that's part of our employee plan here you get one day off every 30 years Mm -hmm. so (laughs) keeps you fresh keeps you fresh it keeps you fresh exactly right uh the south side parade is not the only parade going on today by the way the northwest side parade irish parade st patrick's day parade is also stepping off uh this morning uh or this afternoon rather at 12 noon 
uh, from Neola Avenue and Raven. Then they go to Northwest Highway and proceed north. So if you're on the northwest side and you want to take that in today, you can do that. Uh, Out in Aurora at noon, there is a St. Patrick's Day parade going on there. Plainfield Homewood area is having a St. Patrick's Day parade starting at 1 o'clock today. Um, Gaelic Park has celebrations going on all day today. Gallagher Way, just outside of uh, your Wrigley Field. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they had celebrations starting this morning as early as 6 o'clock. Surprised it was that early. Probably earlier. 2 a.m., 1 a.m. Surprised anything even starting closed. yesterday, yeah, not today. Exactly. That was crazy. Were you guys out at all? Well, you were, Andy, were I was you, here, yeah. You were here, so mm-hmm. you probably saw some of the revelers. I did. They were lined up all along the river when the, uh, the river... Actually, I saw them They started the dying also. job at 9.59. Wow. That's <laughs> it was, precision. It was like a minute early. That's precision. Yeah. And by the way, the river is still... It's quite green. Still very green. Still very, yep. very green. We'll be drinking that water uh, over the next several days. <laughs> so that was interesting. Right after, Enjoy. It was, right after it was done, there was a bunch of kayakers in that water. I saw pictures. Maybe your pictures. Yeah, there were tons of kayakers. It's crazy. You would think that that would be uh, controlled. Yeah. You know, for St. Patrick's Day, since it's such a... You know, people line up on the bridges to see the dying of the river. You'd think that they would, uh, you know, control traffic in, in the river the water, yeah. just for safety's sake. But so that's uh, that's going on today. And I got, apparently still plenty of uh, celebrations. I can tell you that coming in this morning, uh, still plenty of people who would obviously have been out uh, having festivities all night long, <laughs> as I like to call them, the walking dead. Uh, out out still on the streets. Uh, I don't think there are any bars that are open. Are there at this hour? I'm sure there's probably one or two or three. Hmm. Shwani, you would know that. You you like to go to the bars at <laughs> 5, 6 I in have the morning. Asked, I have asked this question of various people I know that are in the restaurant and entertainment business. I'll put it that way. Yes. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they'll be open... Uh, maybe around this time, not serving alcohol yeah, yet. That's what Can't I was do that. Say. Can't do that. I was going to say the alcohol license, you know, and and also during, uh, especially Bears home games, uh, you mm. know, South Loop establishments uh, uh, really uh, uh, get quite a draw there, as you might imagine. Yeah. But um, they'll open at nine or ten, uh, but they they really can't really start serving until about eleven. Yeah. I know when there's uh, like World Cup soccer oh, yeah. going on, that, yes. that bar that's over on Clark Street, yes. I think it's called Fidau. Fidau, yeah, mm-hmm. Fidau. Uh, I see people coming in and out of that place at all hours. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they're they're showing soccer from Europe uh, over there. So apparently not Six, serving... Six, seven hour time difference. Yeah, not serving booze, apparently. Well, no. <laughs> at that hour, I don't no, think they no, can. No, they can't. They cannot. No. That's why I like uh, to bring my own in a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why if you see me out anywhere I, and I have a brown paper bag with me, I, you know, I might want to get a little taste. <laughs> might go a little Otis Campbell on you. you. Wow. That's, that's a big taste right there. <laughs> so, anywho. So be careful whatever you're doing today. I'm, uh, normally, I'm on the WGN TV float, 
in the Southside Irish Parade. That's the, right. The yeah. float, the float will be there, but uh, you will not. <laughs> how dare them schedule the Academy Awards on the same day? As oh the, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Southside Irish Parade. It's my Super Bowl today, so I have to when I finish the, this show. Then uh, I'll start uh, try to get a little nap in and start getting ready for the Oscars tonight, so I can recap it all for you tomorrow morning on Bob Surratt show and also on the WGN TV morning news. This is rough. We had the time change. Right. And now you've got an especially late night tonight yep. with the Oscars. Probably no sleep. I would uh, I would venture a guess and Usually say Usually no. there's no sleep on yeah. Oscar, Oscar night, yeah. which makes will make tomorrow morning on TV my loopiest day of the year. Because <laughs> I will have zero, normally zero sleep. So uh, I could say or do anything tomorrow morning. <laughs> I could slap Larry Potash right in the face <laughs> tomorrow. I'll be there. I'll, I'll control you. I'll be Are you there coming? Tomorrow. Are you yeah, going to be there, there tomorrow? tomorrow. Oh, yeah, very tomorrow nice. for Pat. Andy's been filling in on uh, doing sports on the TV morning show a couple of times. I know. Of yes. Lots of fun over there. Yep. Yes. Most days. <laughs> Every day that I've been there. Well, I think everybody's on good you behavior. You better watch oh, it, Andy. Gotcha, He's gotcha. going to be in a especially bad mood tomorrow with oh, no sleep. Okay. You know what? I, hard, I hardly see Andy when he's yeah, there. We just kind of pass because you, you come on the set right after I leave. Right after the sports. Yeah. And, and while you know, I don't really have a chance to go back to where Andy is in the sports department because right. I'm busy and he doesn't have a chance to come where I am in the entertainment Correct. wing of 2501 West Bradley Place. Yes. Because uh, we're all you know busy doing other stuff. But we do pass uh, in the studio when mm-hmm. we're coming on. So. So, Shwani, where do you go when you want to get a little uh, whiskey at four in the morning? <laughs> at four in the morning? Yeah. Nowhere. Because do I don't... I, I, where do you go? You must have a place. You must there, know a guy. There are... No, there are... Uh, really, the places are very, very few and far between it, you know, that now have those 4 a.m. licenses that used to be a little more prevalent. Uh, but um, there, I've got uh, several places that I enjoy visiting. Remember that back in the day where you'd go out and... You go to a four, some four o'clock bar. Yeah, that was a terrible feeling when you, the, the, that bar would close, and uh, you know then you had to go home, and it was already light outside. <laughs> the, birds, <laughs> the birds are chirping, and it's like, oh, oh, I'm going to feel terrible tomorrow. Well, yeah, in your in your younger years, you back in the old days, easier to get away with that. Yeah, back now, in the old days, right? Mm, Back in the old days, like the day when Schwanny and I went to Greek Town with some friends. Oh, here we go. And I have these blackmail pictures of go. him. That's, that's, <laughs> when we say back in the day, that's exactly the era that I'm talking about. <laughs> how long How long ago was that now? That's got to be 30 years. I want to say the late 80s. Yeah, right. 35 years. <laughs> These pictures. Wow. I, I, I was looking for something else, and I ran across you've, these pictures. Oh, you've, no oh I know right where they are. You found them? I, they're not lost. I know exactly where they are. <laughs> it sounds like they're on standby. Because yeah, if anything happens to you, I'm selling them to the National Enquirer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just don't worry about those pictures. <laughs> You say, don't worry about them? They're in good hands. I am very worried. With me. Don't you worry. But those are the days we went to Greektown, a a whole bunch of friends, right? Some special occasion, and things may have gotten a little out of hand. 
Well, we weren't the only ones in the room, as I recall. That was quite the party going on in there right. that night. Well, that was the the uh, the late great restaurant called Diana's. Diana's, yeah, Diana's Opa, where you could practically murder somebody in that restaurant and nobody would do anything. <laughs> anything went in that place. <laughs> And we tested it that night. <laughs> we didn't go that far. Yeah, we tested it. And uh, <laughs> even in the days before iPhones, somebody had the wherewithal to take photos of Schwanny. <laughs> and I've got the photographic evidence. <laughs> you were involved, too. It wasn't was. just me. I was. I was. I just have to remind you of that. I was. That's very true. <laughs> All right. It's 922. Daylight saving time. We're all adjusting to this time change, aren't we? <laughs> talk about loopy. <laughs> talk about talk about all the forces meeting in one weekend for me to be loopy. <laughs> Remember when you could call up a number and get the correct time? Oh yeah, nine sure. six one two one two. I miss that. And you'd get weather forecast. You'd get the uh, hourly temperature. The time at the tone mm-hmm. will be. 9.23 a.m. And 17 seconds. Very good. Very well done. Thank you. As we say in the business, that's a one kilohertz tone. <laughs> one thousand hertz tone. That's right. Or in just the real abbreviated terms, it's a 1K tone. Is it time for a break already? <laughs> do, do, do we have to take a break? We head to Ketchup Town, South Carolina. Excuse me? Ketchup Town, South Carolina. Ketchup. How would that be spelled? K-E-T-C-H-U-P-T-O-W-N. We had a fun one. spelling of ketchup. Yeah, we had a fun. Yeah, not ketchup. It's Ketchup Town. We had a fun one last week. Everybody liked Ding Dong, Texas. So I thought we'd find a rather funny location. So now this is going to be a feature of uh, funny name towns? Uh, Well, until you tell me you don't uh, approve anymore no whatever you this is your this is your <laughs> my baby. segment yeah I, I welcome not doing something for a few minutes on the show <laughs> especially this morning right anytime when you i go can back sit, to sleep anytime i can sit back and have a smoke i'm <laughs> ketchup town south carolina goes back to the 1920s because in that town there was a do little they, do we know why this is called ketchup town i explaining that okay sorry (laughs) because in the little store which still exists at the crossroads of uh highway 20 or highway 99 and another road (laughs) that other road there's a there's to see you fully research this but the uh, population by the way is 84 Mm. and people would go to this little country store to catch up no on the news so this was that was where they got news about what Aunt B was going to make for right. the church social. Right. How are the pickles coming uh, right, up? Right, exactly. You know, is uh, who's going to get married? This right. sort of thing. Floyd spreading various rumors, but uh, the name caught on. So the little area there with the little country store uh, was now, now called Ketchup Town. Now, shouldn't it be spelled C A T C H U P? No. If it's catch up, no, if you're catch catching up. up. Well, yes, all right. But they wanted it to be a little more 
of uh, perhaps tomato weed. Yes, <laughs> so it's now called Ketchup Town. Maybe it started South that Carolina. way, and they said, "Well, we can't have it. We can't have it being spelled Catch Up Town. Catch Up Town. Yeah, right? I think let's, I sell T-shirts. Let's make it wacky. <laughs> so that's what they did. Then Howard Sprague, the county clerk, came in and said, <laughs> "Hey, I've got an idea." <laughs> Hey, Andy, I've got a real good idea. Barney's cousin Virgil stepped in. <laughs> oh, you were watching the other night. I saw that episode. <laughs> it was fresh in my mind. Virgil, Virgil, cousin, cousin Virgil, Virgil was a complete. Virgil, Virgil was a complete idiot. <laughs> One of my many problems with that show, aside from Andy's nonstop pathological lying to everybody. Oh, real nice. He did. He lied to everybody. I, you watch an episode and see how many times Andy Griffith, Andy Sheriff Andy Taylor, how much he lies to everybody. He was just keeping order. <laughs> liar, liar. <laughs> New drinking off. game, huh? Liar, liar, pants on Would fire. you like to know what the temperature and conditions are in Ketchup Town, South oh, Carolina? Are you kidding me? How do I continue my day without it? <laughs> Cloudy and 43 today, mm-hmm. but they're going to uh, go up to a high of 51, a little bit warmer down hmm. there. Are they having a St. Patrick's Day parade there? Uh, they may be. <laughs> well, let's, we'll just catch up on that. <clears throat> Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Shwani took his smart Alec pills today. <laughs> we'll just catch up on the news. I heard you the first time. Okay. Okay. WGM. We go to our pal, Dr. Kevin Most. Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Happy Southside Irish Parade Day to you, my friend. You too, Dean. You you must have a great view of the river, too, I would imagine. I can, there, I right? can practically taste the green in my mouth. <laughs> We're so close to it. Yeah, the, and the river is still Kelly Green. It has not dissipated at all. Uh, I presume all that's safe. I don't know if it's food dye or or what they they do but i uh, i would presume they wouldn't be putting anything dangerous in the water uh, you know just to uh, turn it green but you, you want to see the uh, the green river it's very much uh, still there today uh on this uh, day that we spring ahead one hour uh dr most how are your circadian rhythms doing today you know, Dean, today won't be a bad day, mainly because it's, it's a Sunday, right? You know, you woke up whenever you really wanted to. Uh, the biggest day is going to be this week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, really through probably the next two weeks as your body kind of gets used to this shock of how we've changed the circadian rhythm in all of our uh, systems. So what does that mean exactly, Ch- changing our circadian rhythms? Is that, is that our body clock? Yeah, exactly. It's our body clock, and our body clock isn't set by a clock. So it's not our watch or it's not any clocks that you have in your car. It's actually sunlight and sunset. So our body gets used to when the sun is going to rise and when it is going to set. It wakes us up in the morning. It makes us more alert. And then in the evening, as it gets darker, it sets us to a point of now it's time to go to sleep. So we get used to the small changes, the incremental changes of a minute or two you know, as we change. But it's the shock at this time of the year where now it is going to be darker, longer in the morning, so that you're not going to have that message to your body, hey, it's time to get up, and hey, it's time to start making more hormones. And then in the evening, as the light goes on, it's not telling our body, hey, it's time to wind down to go to sleep. Is that what my body is doing when I'm waking up? It's 
it's like get up time to make some hormones exactly yeah exactly the sun is telling you hey you know what time to get up time to make hormones time to start working and your body is now starting to get ready for the day and it's really it's triggered by sunlight um so when we're dark an hour longer in the morning it really makes it difficult for the body it eventually will catch up it'll take about you know some people a week some people two weeks um but certainly the biggest thing is that when that alarm goes off tomorrow and it's going to be darker than it has been in the past for many people that their clock's going to be off a little bit. So this may be uh, one of the few advantages that I have of being a person who wakes up in the dark normally, that it, my body's not going to know any difference. Exactly. So you and I are the same, right? I get to I get up, you know, just before five every morning. It's still going to be dark. Yeah. So it's not going to impact me that much in the morning. However, it will in the evening as it, the light state, it stays much lighter and, you know, within a few weeks here, we'll be light till, you know, 738 o'clock at right, night. Without, right. uh, yep. Well, I, I know that I am a person that is very much affected by the amount of sunlight that I get. You know, if we have several days where it's just cloudy and dreary, I, I am just dragging those days. And I go home and I turn every light in my house on thinking, <laughs> thinking that that's helping me. Is that helping me? Yeah, it actually does, especially in the winter. You know, you know, seasonal affective disorder is not something that people should laugh at or think that it doesn't exist. The amount of sunlight that we get uh, certainly can impact not only our mood. If you look at what happens now, you know, depression in the winter much higher than it is in the summer. Slower metabolism in the winter. That's why we put on more weight in the winter. We're not out doing things that are more active and pleasing to us. So certainly, you know, the change as we go into the summer certainly will impact not only our physical health, but our mental health. And like you said, sometimes it's just having light and awareness around you instead of it being dark. Many, many, many. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think something happened to Kevin's line, Kevin's phone line. Those people at the Time Change Institute, they don't like people talking against the time change. Uh, we'll get him back on the phone line here in a second. But, uh, yeah, the, the uh, this kind of thing, you know, definitely has an effect. In fact, uh, Kevin had sent me some statistics of a study that was done uh, 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 comparing millions, millions of people across the U.S. and also Sweden. And uh, it was found that uh, there are quite a few changes uh dangerous changes that could happen to people during this uh daylight saving time week that we're going through kevin i don't know if you could hear me on hold here but i was talking about those stats that you sent me of a higher chance of heart attack during this week all because of the time change yeah yeah, I know I'm a boring speaker, but you don't have to hang up on me mid-call. <laughs> but, you know, you know I when I disagree with you on something, I don't even want to debate it. I'm just going to hang up. <laughs> uh, no, it's really interesting. This week we'll see a, a large increase in, in heart attacks and fatal car accidents, the number of strokes, hmm. uh, workplace injuries. And people say, well, how can you say that? You know, How do you even know that those stats are, are specific? And what we do is we, we compare what happens this week and the next week here with us in daylight savings time change with the countries that don't change. 
So we look at the rates and say, wait a second, what is the only variable that has changed here? And it's the time change. So certainly trying to figure out why there's more stress on the heart. Certainly there's more stress on us individually, but why is there more stress on the heart and why does it cause more strokes? Yeah, and that's why they compared it against Sweden, I guess, because they, they don't change their time apparently. Correct. You know, if you look at Sweden and you look at us as far as health benefits and how we, we, we match up pretty well with them when we look at how our health is as a country. So this is one that we can look and say, the only thing that changed in the environment here is the time change, because we haven't changed anything with medications. We haven't changed anything with diet. So certainly it gives us a great balance, and it's a great way to run a controlled study without really running it. Yeah, depression apparently is higher for the next week or so. Uh, weight gain, headaches, uh, slowed metabolism. Uh, so I, I would think that maybe you would be for not changing uh, the times as they are now debating in Congress. I, you know, for me, I, it, I, I would rather they not change it. Also, I guess people on farms uh, like the the time change, but it's something that they're going to be deciding, I guess, fairly soon, of whether or not we're going to continue to do that or not. Yeah, it is going to be looked at, and it used to be. For farmers, and that I still try to get my arms around that. You know, Ben Franklin was one of the people that said it, and he made it actually as a joke. And certainly, as we do it, having light as late as it is in the evening during the summer really probably doesn't make a lot of sense for the general public. Certainly, makes it much more difficult for people to go to sleep as they normally would have in the winter. And that's probably the biggest thing: is try to stay on your schedule as much as you. Uh oh, not again. Are you serious? We lost the phone line again. It's going to be one of those kind of mornings. All right, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick little break here and we'll figure out what's going on on the phones and hopefully uh, get Dr. Kevin Most back on the line with us. Dean Richard, Sunday morning and phone emporium. Apparently, there's some problem in our phone system. There's some bug in our phone system that our uh, engineering department is trying to ha- has been trying to figure out. It's been something which is uh, going on. I, I wish it wasn't happening, uh, but uh, we're at the at the mercy of the uh, phone gods on this to try to get it repaired. So hopefully, uh, it won't happen again, uh, and certainly. Certainly, Dr. Kevin, most that uh, I don't think we've ever disconnected from somebody three times during one interview. So we'll see if you can break the record here today. You know, Dean, in my years of doing this, I've always had good relations with the engineers. So I maybe maybe they didn't get a good night's sleep uh, last night or something. I'm maybe, not sure. maybe their circadian <laughs> rhythms are off. That's <laughs> that could a, be. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm told that it's something within the uh, actual... Hardware of, the, I don't know, somebody came in during the break and explained it to me, and I've already forgotten what they've said. So uh-huh. <laughs> they're, they're working on it, is all I know. So that's, that's what we have to uh, worry about. But here's the question that I was going to ask you before we were so rudely interrupted. Uh, is there anything that we, I mean, we know this is probably going to happen to most people, uh, this deprivation of uh, sunlight until we make the new adjustment. Uh, with daylight saving time, is there anything that we can do to sort of counterbalance it uh, while we are going through this transition? You know, probably the biggest thing is, one, try to stay on your regular schedule that you normally do because your wake-up time doesn't change, but your sleep time at night often will. 
two, try to get outside and try to be active in the afternoons and evenings as much as you possibly can. That will allow your body to at least start to feel the need for sleep. Um, And then probably the most important is be careful what you're drinking as you go into the evening. In the summer, we might have a tendency to have alcohol later in the evening, which certainly doesn't help our sleep. And anybody who drinks caffeinated products certainly should be careful about what time they're stopping that. um, Because really, again, it's going to be the sunlight is telling you to stay. (laughs) No way. No way. No way. All right. Well, let's. Let's try to get him again. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. So he was saying, I'm just going to pretend that I'm Dr. Most and see if anyone uh, notices. Yeah. You know, you should stay away from caffeinated beverages, uh, you know, at the end of the day, because that's going to throw uh, throw things off. You know what I want to ask him if uh, we're ever, ever, ever able to uh, keep Dr. Most on the line for more than uh, 20 seconds. Uh, I wanted to find out if uh, vitamin D makes uh, any sort of factor here at all we all know when there is a lack of sunshine that our doctors uh, tell us to uh, take plenty of vitamin d that's exactly what mine told me and i do it all year round. i do too i've started taking a supplement uh, as well which explains my bright and cheery disposition (laughs) most of the time just wait till tomorrow morning i probably shouldn't be buying the generic brand i probably (laughs) Uh, but i think we have at least for a few seconds anyway we have dr kevin most uh back on there he is on the line with us so does would vitamin d help during this transitional time kev oh absolutely you know when we look at vitamins and there's Obviously, many vitamins are very important, but vitamin D is really kind of a special vitamin. You know, uh, to show how important it is, we make our own vitamin D. And that's one of the good things about summer is it allows us to make vitamin D naturally. But I can tell you that people almost to a T will have a deficiency in vitamin D. So it's, it's about bone health. You know, people say you need vitamin D for stronger bone health, but it decreases inflammation. It helps our immune system. There's a lot of things it does. It's very good for your heart and heart disease. So certainly taking a supplement of vitamin D every day, Swanee, is a very good thing to do. You know, we talk about, well, we're going to be outside in the sun now all the time. Won't that help? It'll certainly help with some protection, or excuse me, with some production of vitamin D. But we're also telling people, hey, make sure you wear sunscreen so you don't get skin cancer, right. which decreases that. Right. So we've got to make sure we balance it and making sure that you're either getting a good dietary or having a supplement on a regular basis is important. I yeah. would imagine that uh, dosage depends on the person. But in general, uh, how many uh, units of uh, vitamin D should a person be taking? I think I take 500. Yeah. Yeah, 500 is good, 600 is good, and they they say, well, is that milligrams or what? It's called IU, international units, that's how we measure vitamin D. So the gel caps that you're going to take, some of them will go up to 1,000. If you do, don't take more than one of those a day, but anywhere from 500 to 600 is great. As we age and get older, the importance of vitamin D for our immune system as well as our bone health will make us increase that dose a little bit to over 700 for those over the age Mm. of 70. Can you take too much? Well, you can take too much. You know, vitamin D is, you know, vitamin D, vitamin E, A, and K are all stored in our 
in our body, there we can it can build up some storage on them, and certainly you can take too much vitamin D. But probably more importantly is to make sure that you talk to your doctor because vitamin D does interact with some other medications. Mm, okay. So you still might want to make sure how you're taking it. All right, and and in what uh, foods would we naturally find vitamin D? If we don't want to take supplements, well, but we want to increase the uh, foods which contain vitamin D. Yeah, so fatty fish, so salmon, even canned tuna is really good for mm. it. And then if you think about it, before everyone said, well, you know, milk is a great source of vitamin D. Milk was not a great source of vitamin D if you just use milk naturally. But the FDA years ago said, hey, we need a source of vitamin D. So now we fortify milk with mm. vitamin D. Yeah. So, you know, milk, yogurt, orange juice is a great one as well. But uh, those are probably the dietary aspects of where you're going to get some vitamin D. All right. Let's see if we can squeeze in. Uh, heaven forbid we should go back to the phones and, uh, and see what happens. But <laughs> we, have, we have Missy, who's been standing by to ask you a question. Missy, you're on WGN, hopefully for more than 10 seconds. Thank you so much. I just love you guys. Thank you. And as much as I listen to you, I still have a COVID question. I have a friend who um, had symptoms early last week and then didn't. She seemed fine. She tested negative. I had dinner with her Thursday night, and Friday morning she tested positive. And I had a wedding shower yesterday, a bridal shower, and I'm just really curious about what. assuming that I caught COVID from her and vaccinated, um, what is when can I transmit it to other people? When would I transmit it to other people? So for how yeah, long? Missy, how know, long is she contagious? I guess right. Yeah, it is. It's a kind. Of, it's contagiousness as well as do you have any symptoms or do you feel fine right now? I can tell you, my mom just told me yesterday that she now is positive for COVID and she's concerned about spreading it as well. So this is still a common question. So really. The bad thing about COVID is just like influenza. You can spread it before you even have symptoms. You can spread it while you have symptoms. I usually tell people 10 days from the time of exposure, um, it, it will be your contagious time. The most contagious is obviously those first three to five days. But unfortunately, studies have shown that you can still spread it even up to 10 days. Uh, thank you. And when can I get another vaccination? Well, if you're fully vaccinated and you've gotten the two boosters, the bivalent boosters, you're still set for right now. We'll probably be pumping up another one, I would imagine, sometime late summer, early fall. Um, But right now, you should be good, especially if you tested positive, because now you'll have natural immunity as well as your vaccinated immunity. I thought of that. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the call, Missy. Andy, uh, just on this subject, how are you feeling? Andy's the latest on this yeah. show, too. Yeah, uh, Andy, last fall week. Fall to the COVID. Yeah, I'm still, uh, you know, I'm not experiencing the same symptoms, but uh, it really knocked me out. I'm, I'm still a little, uh, little lethargic, a little tired, but uh, feeling better every day. So does that well, mean, great, does, yeah. that, does that mean, if so if he's still not feeling 100%, uh, that doesn't mean that he's contagious, right? Oh, no, no. He just had the after, after effects of it. You know, the inflammation is still there. And now he's just playing catch up to get back to his normal, you know, body status. So, okay. you know, I would not be concerned about, you know, getting COVID from Andy at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, a quick text question. Uh, ask Dr. Most, do you need to take vitamin K 
in order for vitamin D to be absorbed into your system. Ah, boy, these, yeah, some very smart listeners. So yeah, vitamin K and vitamin D interact with each other and help for absorption. Um, and certainly we get enough vitamin K, you know, throughout our diets usually without any problems. So, but it's a very good question that the two are definitely linked. So, uh, you know, since most of us are taking vitamin D supplements, do we now, now need to also start taking vitamin K? Or should it, it does a multivitamin? I mean, is, is that what we yeah, should Oh, definitely. Should definitely the multivitamin does. You know, and if you eat salads, that certainly will, you know, has a high source of vitamin K in it as well. You know, there's a lot of different areas that, um, besides just spinach and kale and things like that, but certainly... You know, greens will definitely do it. If you like broccoli, if you have soybeans at any time, you know, carrots, um, there's a whole bunch of uh, food sources for vitamin K. But they are, it's also included in almost every multivitamin. Right. Now, uh, I've always wondered this when I'm shopping for vitamins. Uh, are gel caps better than conventional tablets? Well, I personally think they are. And the reason is, if you think of even something like Advil, right? Advil comes as a pill and also comes as a gel cap. What happens in our stomach is the gel cap essentially dissolves. And when it does, that fluid then is released. Fluid takes up a bigger body surface area than a pill does. So two things. One, it's less irritating to the stomach. And two, it'll be absorbed quicker. So I'm a big fan of gel caps. I don't think people come in saying, you know what, I, I take these gel caps and I have stomach upset, whereas other people certainly will have stomach upset with um, just some of the pill forms. So I'm a big fan of those, and I'm a big fan of uh, gummies. All right. So uh, uh, if you're keeping a scorecard, uh, Dr. Kevin Most was disconnected by our faulty uh, telephone system four times during the show today. We'll see if anyone can beat your record today. Hey, it's always nice to be the leader in the clubhouse early. Now you've you've set the goal. (laughs) Dr. Kevin Most, very competitive in everything that he does. (laughs) Chief Medical Officer at Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great day, Kev. Thank you. You got it, guys. Take care. So the uh, Southside St. Patrick's Day Parade, as you mentioned, is going to be stepping off at 12 noon from 103rd and Western, going down to 115th Street goes right past where I used to live on 109th Street. Now, I'm sure you were there for this occasion. I actually I actually did not live there when the, oh, parade, didn't? the parade didn't start till 1979. And I, oh, you were gone already. I had already moved. But, uh, you know, my ute, my, my, you your ute? my, my uh, wasted ute, <laughs> we used to do the death march. <laughs> up and down yeah. Western Avenue. You know, if that was going on while you were living there, you would have had a front row seat for your radio have, station. I would have had a front row you seat for my could have done pretend a radio station. For that, and I'm telling you, if we had known each other at the time, we could oh. have had a network. Oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. The nerd broadcasting system. <laughs> this and is the NERD <laughs> radio network. Nerd radio. What was my frequency? I'm trying to remember. Mine was 1220. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good one. I no, was... I, that was just, and it was fictitious completely because oh, I had, had no real transmitters. So oh, I wasn't I did. really broadcasting. I did have a real transmitter. Oh, you did have a real one? It was, okay. uh, it was no bigger than a cell phone is now. Yeah. 
but we were broadcasting at like 16.10 a.m. or something like that. Well, you were completely off the dial then. <laughs> well, it's not like anybody would have been listening anyway, but uh, yeah, anywho. Oh, and by the way, uh, Barona's last name? Tumulty. Tumulty. Oh, Tumulty? Tumulty. Right. Okay, thank you. And it's pronounced Bo-Zo, who will also be on the floor. <laughs> Excuse me. He's the one with the red hair. I'll be back at 1030. <laughs> but not, not if I have a chance to get a hold of management first. <laughs> All right, fellow nerd Nick. This was the theme song from which famous WGN-TV feature? I know. Andy knows. Shawnee, do you know? I'm trying to remember. I know the name of the group. Unicorns. The Irish Irish Rovers. Rovers. Andy? It was the uh, famous segment on the Ray Rayner show when they visited Dr. Oh, Lester Fisher. Yes. Park in the Park. Park in yeah. the Park, sure. And we just can't wait for no unicorn. We lost uh, Dr. Lester Fisher just during this past year. 100 years old. Hmm. Dr. Lester Fisher. I've been going through the history of... The kid shows on WGN again, because, you know, that's all I do in my spare time. Uh, you know, for the 75th anniversary, we're putting together these special little vignettes. And I'm doing one on WGN's children's uh, programming. But just going back and watching some Bray Rayner clips and uh, Bozo <laughs> clips. Those were funny shows. <laughs> those were not just like children's shows. Those, uh, Not on some of those lines in Bozo. No, no <laughs> he was he was uh, he was entertaining the uh, moms and the dads. Yeah, in there. yeah. Well, and I, also the also the studio crew. Half the t- well, that's what I was going to say about Ray Rayner. Half the time he's talking to his studio crew, <laughs> who had secretly poured uh, you know a bird bird feed in his the cuffs of his pants. <laughs> so when Chelveston the duck was released. <laughs> That Chelveston would go after right the cuff. after the yeah because Chelveston knew that there was food in uh, Ray's in Ray's cuffs. I remember watching one morning and Chelveston was going crazy, right, running all around on the floor. Yep, <laughs> the camera people couldn't keep up with him. Well, a lot of times, some of, some of the old timers there uh, told me that. Uh, you know, Chelveston would be delivered to WGN TV from Animal Kingdom. Remember, he used to be on, was it Milwaukee Avenue, Animal Kingdom? It was a famous pet store on the northwest side. And they would deliver uh, Chelveston in a cab to the TV station. And then somebody would bring the, the crate with Chelveston in it to the studio, you know, before the segment was to take place. And so one of the, one of the old-time engineers told me that sometimes... They would shake up the crate that Chalveston was in to get the oh, duck. Oh, really? Get the duck angry. So when <laughs> he was released, he would practically take Ray's face off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those hilarious engineers. That's actually kind of a cruel thing to do to them. They couldn't get away with it these days. Animals, exactly. Yeah. Right. Thank goodness you weren't taken by the COVID virus. You know, thank goodness for that, exactly. I uh, For many reasons. I would have missed you all. For many, for many reasons. Yes. For many reasons. Uh, also, uh, we'll get to our uh, a tradition of our food in the movies segment. 
on our food show coming up after 12 o'clock today. I've got some of my A-list interviews that I've done with some of the nominees, including one Mr. Steven Spielberg. That'll be coming up later. Austin Butler uh, could wind up winning uh, Best Actor Oscar today for his role in Elvis. We'll go back and listen to my interview with him that I did from uh, Graceland. Doesn't it seem like 10 years ago that I was at Graceland? It does to me. We were there doing the, the broadcast. We were there for the world premiere of the Elvis movie. Was it April, May? I think it was May. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but we were there. We interviewed the whole cast. We you know got our tour. Uh, it, it was uh, just fantastic. I can't believe that uh, all this time has gone by already. But we'll uh, we'll get to some of our Oscar A-list interviews coming up a little bit later on. And on our theater segment for today... Uh, a a production that is getting rave reviews here in downtown Chicago, Uh, the new production of Annie that is here. We will not only talk to the uh, 12-year-old star of the show, but we'll also hear her perform. That's all coming up. I'm glad you're here with us today. Dean Richards, Sunday morning. 1023, if you are keeping track of time, won't give me time. Daylight saving time. Check your clocks. Some clocks, I like now that uh, most clocks, if you're living in a pretty digital world, uh, most clocks just kind of reset themselves when the time changes uh, come. That certainly was the case probably with like half of my phones, half of, half of my clocks, including my phone. But I still have a few old uh, relics in the house that uh, you know have to manually be uh, reset. So I'm sure I'll be finding those over the next few days. Uh, coming up after the uh, 10.30 news update, we're going to be talking with uh, the star of the uh, new production of Annie, which is uh, in Chicago. We had a lo- lovely chat the other day with Ellie Ross Pulsifer, who is 12 years old and is so incredibly poised and articulate and talented Uh, She plays Annie in this uh, new production. So we will uh, not only talk with her, but we will share a performance that she did on the WGN-TV Midday News, uh, singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, that blew the roof off the place. She was uh, just so incredibly talented. So that's coming up uh, a little bit later on. As I had mentioned to you, we are going to share some of our A-list interviews Uh, On this uh, Oscar Sunday today, Steven Spielberg, uh, Austin Butler, who played Elvis in the movie, uh, Judd Hirsch, who plays uh, an uncle in Steven Spielberg's uh, The Fablemans, uh, and is uh, terrific. I don't don't think he's going to win the Best Supporting Actor category he's nominated, but uh, that is the uh, category that one one of the many categories... That I think this movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, will dominate. Uh, I'm I'm expecting full domination tonight of everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it'll win Best Picture, as it has been doing at virtually every award show that's taken place this year. I think it's going to win Best Director. I think it's going to win uh, Best Actress for Michelle Yeoh. I think it's going to win uh, Best Supporting Actor, Best Screenplay. Uh, I, I, I just think it's going to be a huge sweep for that movie. So uh, 
in in that sense, I don't think it's going to be a very exciting ceremony tonight because I think I think we sort of know what's going to happen if nothing unexpected happens. That's what we said last year, and look what happened with Will Smith. So anyway, we'll keep track of that, and we're having some fun uh, remembering the uh, huge event going on on the south side today. Uh, unfortunately, our, the group Aaron Moore that's always with us live on Southside Irish Parade Day couldn't be with us today. They had a scheduling conflict, but we still want to present their signature classic song, <laughs> Southside Irish, their famous song. And uh, yeah, Southside Irish Parade steps off at noon, 103rd and Western down to 115th Street. The Northwest Side Irish Parade. It's going to go north on uh, Northwest Highway, at uh, Neo- starting at Neola and Raven. There is an Aurora Southside Parade today uh, in downtown Aurora, uh, Homewood uh, Hometown Plainfield Irish Parade starts at one o'clock today. Festivities at Gaelic Park and uh, Gallagher Way uh, at Wrigley Field and Chwani. There's something called the St. Patrick's Day Booze Cruise. It's Never going, heard of it. Going on. <laughs> you just don't remember it. That's, <laughs> Never heard of it. That's thing you just don't remember. Uh, let's get a quick little update of what's going on, and then the sun will come up on Annie in the downtown theater district. 10.36 daylight saving time. Dean Richards, Sunday morning. WGN. Uh, the musical Annie has become one of the most popular in the world, all starting off being inspired by the Little Orphan Annie comic strip, which premiered back in the 1920s and became one of the most widely read comic strips during the 30s and 40s, uh, brought to life in the 1970s on stage with so many uh, now-familiar songs like Hard Knock Life, the uh, show would go on to win seven Tony Awards. Uh, It played on Broadway 2,377 times and remains one of uh, musical theater's biggest hits ever, Uh, performed in 28 different languages and has been running for the past 45 years, believe it or not. A new production of the iconic musical is now at the Broadway in Chicago's uh, Cadillac Palace Theater, playing until March the 19th, and stars a young lady I had the pleasure of meeting the other day on our WGN Midday News, Ellie Rose Pulsifer, who has the starring role of Annie. Uh, Ellie, nice to talk to you again. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing very, very well. So nice to have you. Everybody in our newsroom at the TV station Still talking about how you blew the roof off the place with your uh, performance of The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, which we're going to hear in uh, in just a minute. How are th- things going in the show? You're, you're actually on a tour now, right? That ha- has been going on for how long and in what cities? We opened March 4th and rehearsals started in September. So it's been about, I'd say, Six or seven months. And how's that? Oh, wait, we all. How is that? Go, how is that going for you? I mean, is it is it fun every day? Is it exhausting? How how would you describe uh, how you're feeling doing this? Yeah, it's really fun. It's truly a big adventure that I never thought I'd be able to get. 
it is a little tiring because eight shows a week is a lot, but I always like rest in the amount of time I need to and just take time off so I can do all the shows. Yeah. Uh, now, how did you, uh, is this the first uh, national tour that you've been on, much less starring in? Yeah. Yeah, this is the first national tour I've ever done. I've never done Broadway or anything like that. So to start off like this big career with the lead role is truly an honor and phenomenal. And how did you uh, wind up getting this role? I mean, there I, I hear from kids all the time that have aspirations to be on stage. They would love to get something like this. Tell us how this all started for you. Did you... Uh, start doing school productions? Is that how how you kind of got your toes in the water? Yeah, so I used to be a professional dancer for eight years, and then I moved across the state, and I did this summer camp at the place I was taking voice lessons, and it was musical theater, and I just realized I loved it, and I would always get into trouble at competitions for dance that I was lip singing or trying to stand out and act it out because they wanted everyone to fit in and be one. So we never really put it together that theater would be great for me. So uh, how did it work? You you came to an audition, you heard that there was going to be this new tour, and just thought, what the heck, I'll give it a try? Yeah, um, I self-taped, and then a few days later, I was in New York, which was crazy, because it was my second time in New York. I had gone a week before to see the closing of Doubtfire, the musical. And... A few days later, we got the call that I was going to get it, and it was like one of the quickest turnarounds I have ever gotten in an audition. Yeah. So so you made a tape of yourself. You simply made a tape of yourself, what, singing, dancing? How, 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 what did yeah. you... So they send over the material. I read a few sides, which is just like some scenes. I sang Tomorrow, and I did a dance in my living room. We pushed all the furniture out of the way. Because it was such a fast turnaround. They wanted it, like, yesterday. So yeah. we just, yeah, we just did singing, dancing, and acting. Wow, that's amazing. So they send you the songs that they want you to perform to kind of get an idea of how you would fit with this material, I guess, right? Yeah. Now, you were telling me the other day when you were at the TV station that at first you didn't get the role, right? Well, at first we just didn't audition at all. And we just let it pass by. And then months later, they were still looking for Annie, which was crazy. And But didn't they tell you that, that that you weren't ready or something like that? Yeah. So that... that we were just... Go ahead. Go ahead. And, we were, uh, yeah, we were just one inch, like, too tall. But then months later, they were still looking for Annie, and they let it slide. And now we're here, which is crazy. So you weren't too tall anymore all of a sudden. Apparently you shrunk during the, that time period. <laughs> yeah, they opened it up a little bit, so it was like a wider range of height you could be. Yeah. So how much fun is it to do this show? I mean, so many so many people have you know, gotten their start uh, in productions of Annie and have gone on to, to huge things. Is it just fun to sing these songs and hang out with, you know, other kids in the in the show? And I know that there are a lot of fun adults that are also uh, part of your cast. Uh, is it just a lot of fun for you every day? Oh, yeah, it is so much fun. Like, it is truly an honor to get to sing tomorrow on that stage every night. And it's so fun that I get to tour with six other very talented kids that have become my best friends. And all the adults are just so much fun and so funny and so loving. 
So um, talk to me about, uh, you know, which are your favorite moments uh, in the show? Do, do you have favorite songs, favorite scenes that you're performing? I do. I, like, I really like in the beginning, we get to sing maybe then Hard Knock Life and then tomorrow, like right at the beginning, they hit you with all these amazing numbers and it is just so much fun to do because i'm in the orphanage and i get to do it with all the girls and it's just so much fun so uh what's it like for you performing on stage with uh, the dog sandy I, I i would guess that there's probably more than than one dog that performs in this but what's that like people have said you know dogs can be a little bit unpredictable sometimes well, actually, the dog's probably made less mistakes on stage than me. The dog is, like, <laughs> the most professional actor on the stage. It is crazy how talented they are. And we do have two dogs that perform the show, but one's an understudy. So we have one dog that goes on stage every night, and the other dog's there just in case anything were to happen. But they are the sweetest dogs. They're all rescue dogs, Bill Berloni's dogs. He rescues all of them and turns them into Broadway stars, which is amazing. And they get a forever home at his farm. So it's truly, like, amazing what he does for these dogs. So these these are dogs that are just shelter dogs, rescue dogs, and he, yeah. he picks out the ones that he thinks would fit into the show, and they must go through some kind of massive obedience training, right, to be able to do the things that you need them to do on stage. Yeah, they teach the dogs to listen to humans, not like tricks. It's more like, I'm your human, and you're going to listen to me. And we never make the dogs do anything that they don't want to do, because if the dog doesn't want to do it and they're not happy, then we're not going to make them do it, because you wouldn't make a kid do eight shows a week if they didn't want to do it right right exactly so have uh, has it always been uh, flawless have uh, the dogs ever done anything uh, unexpected uh, on the stage in the middle of a show or at the end of a show they're always i don't know how they are so amazing but the dogs are always like so perfect and, like, sometimes if I even forget stuff, the dog will literally walk me to the place I'm supposed to be. It is crazy how good they are at doing the show because oh. they've memorized their track so well that they know every place they need to be at one time, and it's truly phenomenal. So if you miss your mark, you're not exactly where you're supposed to be on stage. The dog will walk you <laughs> over to the correct spot. <laughs> yes, I was once in the wrong spot. And the dog realized, so she kind of nudged me in the right direction. Oh, it was so funny. funny. And then did the dog give you a treat for being obedient afterwards? <laughs> no, it's the other way around. It's the other we way. reward the dog. Oh, man, that's fantastic. So um, what what is this tour uh, looking like for you now? How long will you be on the road? I know you'll be here in Chicago at the Cadillac Palace Theater until March 19th. And uh, yeah. then what's the rest of the tour look like for you? I'm done June 11th, so I've got about three more months. And I get to close in Tampa, which is my hometown, which is so amazing and crazy that that worked out the way it did. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then will the tour uh, go on with a different Annie, or will will the tour uh, stop then after that? Yeah, they're going to recast the Annies and the Orphans and anyone else who isn't staying. And the tour will go on for multiple years. Which is amazing, because I'm so glad that so many people in so many different places get to see this phenomenal show. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what a tremendous opportunity for you also. What, what do you hope will come after this? Are, you, are, are your sights uh, set on Broadway, or 
Uh, you know, what, what kind of goals do you have? I mean, I hope at one point I get to Broadway, but after this, I think I'm just going to go home and hang with my friends and enjoy family and work on school. Yeah, just be a normal kid for a little while, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now, the the biography that I have uh, that they sent me about you says you're tw- 12 years old. Is that right? Or is the bio old and you are now a little bit older than that? Well, yeah, I'm 12 years old. 12 years old. And I, I got to tell you, I think I told you the other day when you were at the TV station how lovely you are and poised <laughs> and well-spoken. Uh, if anybody came in on the middle of this interview, they'd think that I was talking to... Uh, you know, uh, uh, an adult who had gone to fi- finishing school. Uh, you sound so mature and, and uh, you know, smarter than uh, most of us who are on this show, to tell you the truth. Uh, so uh, good good for you. That, that's uh, that, that, Did you go through training, or is this just something that comes naturally to you? No, I think this is just something that comes naturally. For some reason, I'm just very mature. I hang out with, like, my friends are like a little older than me. They're always like a year older than me, but I don't know why, how I ended up this mature. But yeah, like. well, it's it's lovely. It was so lovely to meet you in person the other day. And as I'd mentioned, when you uh, you sang uh, tomorrow, the sun will come out tomorrow, live in our newsroom the other day, <laughs> and uh, every eye was on you, every jaw dropped to the ground at the amazing job that you did. Uh, and that folks can check out at the P- Cadillac Palace Theater on Randolph Street in Chicago in the Theater District downtown, uh, playing through March the 19th. You can get ticket information at uh, broadwayinchicago.com. And uh, it was a real pleasure to meet you, uh, Ellie. I hope we have the opportunity to have our, our paths cross again. Yes. And when we come back from the break, we're going to play a recording of your performance in our WGN newsroom. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared to have uh, you, uh, the roofs blown off of wherever you are at this amazing performance by 12-year-old Ellie Rose Pulsifer. Ellie, have a great day today, and thank you so much thank for you. joining us. Thank you. We could use some of that sunshine today with all these cloudy skies. Holy smokes, that was just one of the most amazing performances it was live in our wgn newsroom and uh it it, obviously everything just stopped and especially when she hit that high note uh you know a a, a jaded room full of journalists working on other stories elections and all kinds of things all stopped to uh enjoy that amazing performance she is something and we are going to be hearing a lot from her in the future. Ellie Rose Pulsifer, starring in Annie, uh, which is at the Cadillac Palace Theater. Now through March the 19th, you can get information at broadwayinchicago.com or by calling 312-977-1710. Just amazing. Isn't that a great Schwanny? Great performance, don't you think? Sun will come out tomorrow. I'm thinking. I'm, I hope the sun does come out tomorrow. I'm thinking it, of making that the theme song of this show because we're all about positivity. <laughs> yes, your and cheerful hope, nature, hope, uh, optimism. <laughs> those are the really those are the tattoos that I should put on my forearm. That's what Glass sh- half full. Yeah, that's what the show is about. <laughs> and we'll each take a chorus of the song and sing it. <laughs> 
Doesn't Daddy Warbucks sing part of that song also? In Daddy the, Warbucks was, uh, uh, he doesn't sing that song, but uh, he was at the station the other day. And I don't want to brag, he could be my brother. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Suddenly bald guys are all in fashion again. <laughs> Kojak, Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Who loves you, baby? Tom Skilling, Billy Joel. I'm sure people are going to tell me I Weren't you mistaken for Billy Joel once? Yeah, many. Oh, once. <laughs> you kidding? Uh, we Well, it's a long story. And we, you actually tried to pass yourself off as Billy Joel. Not a of tried. We you did. completely <laughs> did it. We completely passed myself off as Billy Joel in Wrigleyville where Billy Joel was playing downtown. I'm going to replay that, by the way, on TV on April Fool's Day, because uh, it was the prank of pranks. It, it was just hilariously funny. But anyway, all right. Hey, you're going to be late for the news, and then the newsman's going to yell at me. So even though uh, there are snow flurries, uh, you know, it's not the best day for a parade, kind of cloudy and everything. We've had much worse. Oh, for St. Patrick's Day. Have we ever? I remember rain, snow, and sleet yeah. all at the same time all at one time. Uh, on yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Sure. Yeah, me too. I, I remember. I mean, I've, I've been in. This is the first year that I haven't been in uh, the, uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade because it's Oscar Sunday, so I've got a million things to do uh, to get ready for the broadcast for uh, television tomorrow. But, um, boy, I remember being on that float freezing yeah freezing freezing yeah. freezing yep did i ever tell you i was in the parade once no back in the wfyr days we had a float and we were almost dead last yeah <laughs> so that meant we just sat there and for, wait and waited and waited yeah. and waited it was a clear sunny day but it was cold out there well i wonder if this is the same year do you remember who else was on the float the WFYR float back then, because one of my memories from St. Patrick's Day was an incredibly cold, 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 cold day. And Harry Volkman was our weatherman then. He was there. Okay, Fred now, Winston. This was after. This was after. This was around 1986. Okay, well, we so. were we were yeah. all gone by then. Yeah, Fred Winston may have smuggled a bottle of antifreeze, let's say, <laughs> for us. <laughs> Here, have some of this. <laughs> I do feel warmer. <laughs> and I think that was the same year that I saw, we were going over the State Street Bridge. The floats used to be parked over on like Hubbard, Illinois right, Street around right. there. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we were going over the State Street Bridge to go down State Street, which was the parade route at the time. And we're going over and some guy is doing a handstand on the railing of the Chicago River Bridge. <laughs> wow. He's doing a hand. I have a picture of it. I took a picture of it. Uh, and also... Are we going to talk about pictures again now? <laughs> and also, this was the same year that <laughs> one of us on that float some had something. Their teeth didn't have enamel or didn't have enough enamel or something. So after the parade, we all stop in some little saloon somewhere. And we're having green beers, and this one guy's teeth oh. were, were was dyed green because he didn't have the enamel to <laughs> protect his teeth from the green beer. <laughs> I was so full of Fred's antifreeze. I, <laughs> you didn't. I didn't, didn't even really notice. 
I don't watch the Oscars. It's become like a political football, whether you do or you don't. And there's no right answer to that. Either, you know, if you like it, great. And if you don't, it's entirely up to you. Tomorrow morning, I'll recap it all on uh, Bob Surratt's show, their entertainment segment that we do between 8 and 8.30 uh, every weekday morning. Of course, on the WGN-TV Morning News, we will have uh, all of the highlights for you as well. Uh, box office news, the uh, most successful, one, one of the most horror franchises in the world's latest entrees, entrees, uh, is headed to be the number one uh, movie at the box office this week. Uh, Scream 6 is uh, headed for a $43 million weekend, uh, the highest that a Scream movie has taken in for all of the ones that have come out has been Scream 3 back in the year uh, 2000. Now, I only gave this a Dean's List C. Uh, I know people, you know, I, I hear from people, like I said, people email and text and uh, on social media. I mean, it never stops. Every, everybody is, you know, sharing their opinions uh, about movies, which, you know, if, if it's done politely, uh, is, is great. Uh, but, um, and, and, you know, people who go to see this movie, I'm not surprised that it's doing well at the box office because, uh, box office numbers post pandemic have uh, mostly been powered by younger audiences, 18 to 24 year olds, which, uh, a slasher movie like this scream six, it's exactly who this, you know, the, this movie is made for a crowd like that. It's not really, it's not my kind of movie at all. I've never especially been a fan of slasher movies, these kind of movies at all, unless there's something really special about them. And this one, uh, there really is not. It's it's pretty much the same as every other Scream movie. It's much more violent. It's much more bloody. Um, so, you know, it it is what it is, is all I can say. I only gave it a Dean's List C because, I don't know, you know, in my old age, uh, I just... I just don't want to watch violent movies anymore, ultra-violent movies anymore. I mean, there was a time when I would watch a movie like this and go, oh, man, what a massive kill that was. Oh, my, he cut his head right off. He cut his whole body right in half. Woo! That's great. I can't take that anymore. Uh, not that it makes me sick or anything, but uh, over the past couple of months, I've just I think I've come to the realization that there is too much real life horror, too much real life violence, too much real life shoot 'em ups that I don't care to see it on the movie screen. I I don't want to see it on the movie screen. Honestly, when I a couple of weeks ago I went to see John Wick 4. I mean John Wick movies are famous for being nonstop uh gun violence. And, you know, when this mo these movies first came out, the John Wick movies first came out, I was like, oh, man, that was so awesome. That was amazing. And I, I watched this latest one, which has even more gun violence than the other movies. All I could think of was families everywhere are, you know, will never recover from their kids being shot up by gun violence in schools and in public places. And it's it's just it's too much that's happening in real life now to make me have any appreciation whatsoever for uh, movie violence. 
Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I haven't exactly been on the fence about it. I, I, I guess I've always felt like movie violence desensitizes society to the realities of gun violence. And I don't think that's a good thing. Uh, video games that are ultra-violent desensitize kids, people, to what real violence is and the resolution of conflict. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I've just gotten to the point in my life now where it's like enough. You know, enough for me. I, 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 I don't like it for anybody, really, but it's not my place to tell other people what they should or should not watch. Hollywood's going to continue to turn these things out as long as they're making money. That's all they care about is, you know, is it making money? They don't don't care about the color red for blood. They care about the color green for money. So as long as people are going to see these movies, they're going to continue to make them. But I don't think I, I personally don't like them. I think it desensitizes people to what real gun violence is. And it breaks my heart for families who have lost family members, kids, to gun violence, that people are, you know, wooing these movies. Woo, that was an awesome kill. Woo, that was awesome. Meanwhile, the school is getting shot up someplace. Sorry. It's a, it's, it's a personal thing for me. Everyone can have their own opinion, obviously, on it, but that's how I feel about it. So anyway, that's the number one movie. <laughs> Who cares what I think? It's the number one movie. This is violent, super violent, much bloodier than we've seen in the past. Scream movie, Scream 6, is the highest earning Scream movie of the whole franchise and is the uh, new number one movie of the weekend. A couple of other movie things before we get to my interview with Steven Spielberg. Uh, who is up for an Academy Award tonight for Best Director, and Austin Butler, who is up for an Academy Award tonight for his role in the movie Elvis, and this amazing interview that was on Stephen Colbert with Spielberg and composer John Williams, five-time Oscar winner John Williams, uh, which is fascinating about his use of music in some of Spielberg's most famous movies. I'm going to play... A portion of that uh, interview because I I thought it was so interesting and I think that you'll uh, enjoy it also uh, all in anticipation of the Oscars for tonight um, if you've been uh, listening to Bob Surratt show where uh, we talk entertainment every morning between 8 and 8 30 if you've been watching the TV morning news you probably heard or seen my predictions for um, uh, tonight I'm not going to go over the whole list again but just in a nutshell I will say that I think it's going to be a banner night for the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. A movie that either you love, 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 or you scratch your head and said, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. I watched it three times uh, before I thought, I think I got it. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year. But for a lot of people, it has been. It's won every award uh, so far during awards season. And I think tonight it'll take Best Picture. I think it'll take Best Director. It's going to win several acting awards. It's going to win Best Screenplay, among many other awards. If you want to uh, you know, take a look at my uh, predictions uh, more carefully, uh, you can go to wgntv.com slash deanslist. One of the uh, mysteries for tonight 
that'll be interesting to see how it plays out is who will present the nominees and award for Best Actress. Normally that is done by last year's Best Actor winner. But that winner was Will Smith, who has been banned from the Oscars for 10 years because of the uh, the Chris Rock uh, slap. So who's going to present the award? Jessica Chastain's going to do it for uh, uh, the Best Actor. Will she just stay and do Best Actress? Maybe. Will they bring out some mega you know movie star who never makes any appearances ever anywhere? You know, and that'll be a big Oscar moment. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the Academy hasn't said because they're hoping people are going to tune in to find out the uh, answer to that mystery. Uh, so we'll find out about all of that. And as I always say, I watch the award shows so you don't have to. I will be recapping it all. Uh, the winners, the losers, the highlights, the lowlights, uh, any possible slap lights. Uh, that uh, go on on the TV morning news. I'll have it all for you uh, on TV tomorrow and also in my regular entertainment segment with uh, Bob Surratt between 8 and 8.30 tomorrow morning. And, oh, by the way, if you are going to watch the Oscars, if you're one of those people who will watch the Oscars uh, and you want to get a printable ballot of all the nominees... For your Oscar parties, uh, we've got one posted for you up at WGNTV.com slash Dean's List. All right. I can't wait to play this Spielberg, John Williams uh, interview, composer John Williams uh, interview for you. We'll get to that, plus my one-on-one with the great Steven Spielberg coming up next. And uh, we'll get to uh, our Oscar interviews uh, coming up in just a moment couple of quick texts on uh, the Oscars and some of the things that we were just talking about. Somebody asked, uh, what time will the Oscars be on TV tonight? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've ever mentioned that. I just assumed that everybody knew uh, that the Oscars will be on at 7 o'clock Chicago time. The red carpets start around 5 o'clock on the E! channel. You can watch. Uh, it's Actually, it's not even a red carpet anymore. They've changed it. The red carpet uh, this year is champagne-colored. And why they've changed it to champagne color, I have no idea. They haven't announced it. I have no idea. Uh, To me, a champagne carpet's going to look dirty much faster than a red carpet. But whatever. They think that's going to fix everything. God bless them. Um, Who will be presenting awards tonight, Uh, one of our texters asks. And uh, I'm not going to read all of them because there's a million of them here. But Jessica Chastain won Best Actress last year. Uh, So she will be presenting one of the big awards uh, tonight. Um, Will Smith will not be. Halle Berry is a presenter. Uh, Salma Hayek Pinot. Hugh Grant. Andrew Garfield. Nicole Kidman will be uh, presenters, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Dwayne Johnson, Michael B. Jordan, Troy Kotzer, who won uh, Best Supporting Actor last year from the movie CODA, C-O-D-A, uh, Jonathan Majors from the movie Creed, and uh, Ant-Man, Melissa McCarthy, will be a uh, presenter, Donnie Yen, Glenn Close, Emily Blunt, I mean, the list goes goes on and on. It's a nice list of uh, presenters. 
Uh, for performers, we know that Rihanna is going to be performing tonight. Lady Gaga is not. She had a scheduling conflict, but she her, her song from the movie Top Gun Maverick is nominated for Best Original Song. But I don't know if they're not going to perform it or if somebody else is going to perform it. But uh, Gaga will not be there. But Rihanna will. She did uh, the song from Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is nominated. She will be performing it live. David Byrne will be performing uh, uh, his song, which is nominated uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, we uh, What else do we know about uh, performers? Oh, uh, Lenny Kravitz is going to be uh, performing the In Memoriam segment. Uh, Lenny Kravitz will be, you know, a lot of times they have live performers who, uh, you know, sing while they show photos of those we have lost in the last year. Lenny Kravitz will be the uh, performer for that. So that's all in the Oscars tonight. Starts 7 o'clock. My my A-list interviews with some of the nominees and uh, Stephen Colbert's fascinating interview with composer and Oscar winner John Williams and Steven Spielberg is coming right up. Our uh, Dean's List A-List interviews this week, sponsored by Lyric Opera's Carmen. Eleven fifty is the time. This is Dean Richards. Oscar Sunday morning. Red carpets begin uh, being televised uh, around five o'clock, or the champagne carpet, more accurately, this year. The broadcast itself at 7 o'clock. I will be recapping it all for you tomorrow morning between 8 and 8.30 on Bob Sriracha. And all morning long tomorrow on the WGN TV Morning News. One of my favorite movies of the year uh, is Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, the story of his own childhood, how he got interested in the movies. It is one of the movies nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Michelle Williams, who plays Spielberg's mother in the movie, is also nominated for an Academy Award tonight, as is Steven Spielberg. Uh, When the movie first came out, we were uh, lucky enough to sit down and talk with him. And also the uh, young actor, Gabriel LaBelle, who plays uh, the Spielberg character uh, in the motion picture. I just wondered, how cathartic is it? For you to have told the story, to have written the story, something you don't normally do, is it, is it cathartic in any way? Well, you know, I, I you know, obviously, I, I treasure my privacy, um, um, and um, it, that's the most important thing to me. And so, the cathartic thing for me was uh, making the decision to tell a story about my family and tell a story about essentially my formative years. Um, and and making the decision to do it, uh, uh, not just as a little home video or a bunch of um, kind of scenes from marriage style recollections, yeah. but do it as a narrative, as a complete first, second, third act story. And and the cathartic part about the Fablements for me was when I sat down with Tony Kushner, and who encouraged me to tell the story, and when we started actually putting together all the different disparate elements of my recollection that was the cathartic part of it yeah and the other thing that uh, struck me with this uh, was that in typical steven spielberg fashion i mean the story is about your family your life 
but you found a way to make it relatable to all of us of overcoming obstacles and what whatever kind of backgrounds we all yeah. come from. Your story is a very relatable one to everybody, regardless of their background, right? Well, family is the first, you know, relatable subject of all of our lives when we come into this world and we realize we are in a family, even if the family is a single parent, even if the family is um, already split up when you come into the world. In terms of caregiving, caregiving becomes a family. So whether it's a nuclear family, an American family nuclear unit is became sort of popularized in the 1950s, or whether it's sort of a semi-broken family at the start of your life, family is family. And I think in that sense, this was something that I didn't think was vain for me to do. This wasn't like a a little vanity hand mirror I'm holding up to my own face, but this was more of a universal reflection of, of, I feel, what we can all relate to, which is our lives, our families. Exactly. Gabriel, how much pressure is there on you uh, playing this character with this man directing you. Uh, not exactly just another day at the office, I'm going to think. A lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly nerve-wracking, and especially considering how much experience I had going into it, not, not so much. And uh, it definitely felt like the stakes are high. You don't want to mess up his story or this movie or um or ruin my life exactly that's (laughs) those were some of the stakes that 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 popped into my head and um so were were you constantly asking uh should i do it this way or or this way how did you do it what was this like well or were you doing that steven were you you know telling him that's not quite how i did it back then very seldom because gabe did a lot of research and when he first got the part and I so respected him for this. What was the first thing he asked? Many Zooms with me. So I became sort of his research subject. Mm. And I just listened to the questions Gabe was answering, asking me. And I was doing my best to answer his questions. So uh, I had interviewed Gabe to initially be in my movie. And after I gave him the part, Gabe started interviewing me. And that was a, that's never happened before. Yeah. Uh, is, is there one film that uh, so inspired you? I mean, Greatest Show on Earth is also a very moving film to me as well, by the way. I was kind of a little bit blown away when it opens the film. But it, was it that or was there another one that really kind of influenced you as a young filmmaker? No, there, there were many films because, remember, my only access to movies as a young filmmaker was movies because the tele- television wasn't running movies in those days and it was only going out to the movies with my parents always in, in being accompanied yeah. by them. Um, and so it was a lot of eclectic films that we were seeing. A lot of them were films that terrified me as a kid. My parents didn't understand that if they took me to see The Greatest Show on Earth, that there was a train wreck in yes. the middle of the movie, which yeah. had, for 1952 special effects standards was pretty horrifying. Today it looks kind of silly, and you can tell they're all model miniatures, but then it was terrifying. And then my parents dragged me to a reissue of Bambi, and I suddenly saw a movie where... <laughs> The mother, the mother gets shot by a hunter. You know what I'm saying? She's never coming back anymore. And, and so I, my parents didn't mean to traumatize me, but almost everything they took me to, and I was a very fearful kid, uh, uh, you know, put me uh, at, at, a, at a place where I didn't start to trust anything. Steven Spielberg has uh, been nominated for some of the most classic uh, films of all time, Jaws. He was nominated for Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, uh, The Color Purple for Schindler's List, 
Saving Private Ryan for Munich, Letters from Iwo Jima, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, The Post, West Side Story, and again tonight for the Fablemans. In all, he has been nominated for Academy Awards 22 times, and he has won three Academy Awards. For Schindler's List, he won Best Director and also Best Picture that year, 1994. And uh, also he won an Oscar for Saving Private Ryan in 1999 as uh, Best Director. So we'll see what's going to happen tonight. As I mentioned earlier, I think tonight is going to be the night for everything, everywhere, all at once. I don't think Spielberg is going to win tonight uh, or his uh, actors who have been nominated, Michelle Williams and also uh, Judd Hirsch. But uh, they're, they're great movies nonetheless. I, I, I can't recommend Fablemans enough. Another of my favorites from uh, this past year was Elvis that introduced us to the young actor Austin Butler. We'll hear my one-on-one interview with him coming up next. The Southside uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade should be stepping off uh, right about now. Scheduled to begin at noon. Ditto on the Northwest Side Parade. Uh, that's uh, going up Northwest Highway. The Aurora St. Patrick's Day Parade steps off at noon today. Uh, the Plainfield Hometown Parade uh, from 1 to 4 today and all kinds of uh, celebrations. That would explain why Schwanee is wearing a kilt today. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever wore a kilt? You know what? I actually have. Have you really? Yes, because I was in a production of Brigadoon many years oh. ago and in the chorus. And all the guys were there singing and dancing and wearing a kilt. Not just for fun. <laughs> not just because of not just for the breeze. <laughs> I never I never have. I've never worn a I think I would be a little... I don't think I have the legs for it. No, no, I... uh, I don't have the gams. I couldn't do it now, I don't think. I don't have the gams for it. I don't believe so. Um, I ran across some video last night of... Not us in Greektown again. No, not us. All right. No, that's uh, that's only for blackmail. (laughs) Those photos are strictly for blackmail purposes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please don't let there be video of that evening. well as i've said to you many times if anything ever, ever happens, happens yes before yes, you yes. call the paramedics before yes. you before you report the story that i've been hit by a bus run to my house and you go get those pictures because you believe me you do not want these pictures in circulation no you don't so anyway i ran across this video last night of um an old Saturday Night Live clip from 1979. It was St. Patrick's Day, 1979. Bill Murray was doing a character that he had done previously on the show, a WGN radio personality called Dick Lanky. <laughs> what? Uh, he, he, was, he was portraying a WGN radio personality. And, and you, he's got a WGN microphone. There's a, a guy sitting next to him, like a technician with a WGN radio T-shirt on. And this would be the WGN logo from that time. Then I guess so. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Wow. And uh, it's a St. Patrick's Day celebration where they're looking to rein, reincarnate the old Mayor Daly. Oh, wow. 
Let me take a quick break here, and then I'll play it for you next. Yeah, all these years later, everybody still talking about Elvis Presley, uh, partially because of the movie that came out last year uh, by director Baz Luhrmann, uh, an incredible motion picture, in my estimation, uh, that starred young Austin Butler as Elvis Presley, Tom Hanks as... Colonel Tom Parker, I love the movie. I love the feel. I love the look. I love the energy. Uh, I loved uh, the uh, insights that we got into the man. Uh, I think it was a home run uh, all the way around. Not uh, An opinion that not everybody shares, but uh, I just thought it was fantastic. I was very happy to see the movie nominated for Best Picture of the Year, to see uh, uh, Austin Butler uh, being nominated for uh, the Best Actor of the Year for an Academy Award tonight. He's already won several awards as Best Actor, and I think it's a it, it could go either way for Best Actor tonight, either Austin Butler or Brendan Fraser in The Whale. I think those are the that, that's one of the battles that we'll see resolved tonight. Uh, last spring, I was uh, lucky enough to be invited to the world premiere of the movie at Graceland Mansion in uh, Memphis. And uh, we saw the movie there for the first time. Uh, all of the, we interviewed all of the actors. Uh, Priscilla Presley was there. Uh, now the late Lisa Marie Presley was there. They both spoke. Uh, it was a, a fantastically memorable weekend. And I was glad to uh, bring some of those interviews back. I wanted to uh, just repeat one of them. Uh, the interview with the Academy Award nominee himself, Austin Butler. Uh, this is even before the movie ever first came out. Congratulations, Steve. <sighs> so I've man. seen so many Elvis movies and series and covered the Elvis story so many times. I've never seen anyone like capture the soul of Elvis Presley the way you do in this movie. And, you know, I'm... I, I don't know if it's something conscious, if it's something that an actor rehearses to get to that point, mm. if it's just something inherent. How do you explain that? It's, it's, um, I, I mean. I'd start off with an easy question. Yeah, an easy question yeah. right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's really, I mean, I'm glad you talk about the soul because that, that was the core of it all for me. It was, it was that so many people have an idea of Elvis or they revere him as a godlike figure or as a Halloween costume or there's all this kind of all this noise and the fascinating thing that that I was most drawn to was who is he when nobody's looking and who what what does it feel like being inside of him you know like what does it feel like looking out of his eyes and experiencing that world um, and so for me it was Thankfully, I had a long time, so I, I had a year and a half before we started shooting, and uh, I, I also just I felt such a responsibility to his family, you know, and, and to him, and so it was. I didn't want to feel like I was stepping up into his shoes and then going back down, and so it was. It was just I tried to just live yeah. with it as much as possible. Uh, when you're performing, I guess you you sing all the all the early yeah. Elvis songs, but then still have to perform the later ones yeah. to, to tracks. Yeah. It looks like you go somewhere else. It looks, it it looks like a you go to a different dimension or something. Am I? That's what it felt. Am like. I projecting something no, crazy on you yeah, here? That's what it felt like. It was, uh, it was, 
Yeah, it, it's it's such a spiritual experience, really. It, it, um, I'm just I feel so fortunate that I got to. I didn't know what that w- would feel like, and it was beyond w- what I could ever describe. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty moving last night at the Graceland premiere. Oh yeah, uh, Priscilla and uh, everybody was there, but mm. Priscilla and Lisa Marie both specifically talked about you and who would know better who captured this yeah. than them what the, what does getting their endorsement i guess you might say mean to you it is everything to me it really it really is i i want everybody to like the film i i and i i want all of those incredible elvis fans to to feel like we did him justice and to love it and feel excited and um but at the end of the day he was a father and he was a husband and it's about them for me so, and, and I mean, yeah, I can't even, I, I've been trying to articulate it, but it, it just, I think it's going to take me some time to process because it means so much to me. Could you relate to this in some way? I mean, a young performer, like Elvis was a young performer about to explode on the scene. You're about to explode on the scene, probably already have exploded with all the pre-publicity on this. But in, in some ways, can you relate to what Elvis must have gone through as a young man? Personally, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like he's he's still teaching me so much because I there's so so many of those even little quotes that he would say or that sort of thing that will hit me and uh, and you know after after days where you're on a red carpet and you're here and you're there and, and there's so much noise and then suddenly at the end of the day you close the door of your hotel room and it's silent and you just your mind's sort of spinning and um, I could see how if you don't stay grounded that it you, you end up like that that bird that doesn't have any legs to stand on you know and uh so for me i'm i'm, I'm learning a lot through the process of just yeah. trying to figure out the ways of staying grounded the other thing that really got me was uh you you were not doing an elvis impersonation like a lot of people do you know do that voice that everybody yeah. does or the moves that everybody does yeah uh, how, how did you make your choices and the voice, the movements, the quirks, things like that. It was, it was all. I mean, he was the Bible for me. I, like, I, it was all going back to every interview that he gave and and uh, every bit of footage that there is of him speaking and performing and hanging out at, at home, you know, and, and all those little things. And I, I would find these things that were very true, or or things that I loved about him that I go. He makes that little noise. I love that he does that. It's it's those little things that uh, I'm sure certain people wouldn't even notice, or or they wouldn't realize that they are of him. And and that's what really hit me. Like when Priscilla and Lisa Marie said, "I heard that little noise that you made. That was just what I used to hear him do." And like that just gives me chills. I'm, I'm uh, so it was it was all those little things and, and how it just fits together into the tapestry of this human being. Yeah, it was uh, quite amazing now to look back at the whole thing. And what's changed? Lisa Marie Presley now passed away. Uh, Priscilla Presley in a legal battle with Lisa Marie's kids over her estate. Uh, so the Presley drama and controversy uh, continuing. We'll see how this movie does tonight for Academy Awards. It's up for eight different nominations, including Best Picture, uh, Best Actor for our friend there, Austin Butler. Best Cinematography, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Hair and Makeup, Best uh, best Editing, and uh, Best Sound. So we'll see if it uh, winds up uh, picking any awards. 
uh, through the awards season, it's been picking up some of the production awards. It's been picking up hair and makeup and costume and things like that. But there is a pretty good chance that Austin Butler could wind up uh, winning Best Actor honors. As I said earlier, I think it's between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser for a Best Actor this year at the Academy Awards. One of the things that we always do on Oscar Sunday, we've done it since we took over this Sunday show decades ago, is I have some fun talk about our favorite food from the movies scenes. Let's get on the phone line right now if you've got a favorite food scene from a movie or a favorite uh, food that you saw being prepared on the big screen. 312-981-7200 when we come right back. Yes, sir. 12.37. And once again, it's time to eat. Welcome into Food Time, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. The award-winning All Things Edible program heard every Sunday at this time. The very first Food Time show that we ever did, whatever year that was, back in the early 90s, maybe, when I first came to WGN. The very first food show that we did, Food from the Movies. It was Oscar Sunday. So clever uh, young Dean said, what should we do on our food show today? It's Oscar Sunday. Let's do food from the movies. And the phones exploded. And every Oscar Sunday since then, we have done food from the movies. And the phones have exploded every single year that we've done this. And uh, let us uh, open up the phone lines and get to it right now. Your favorite food scenes from movies. There are so many of them. And constantly uh, new ones to add to the uh, list. This past Wednesday on my WGN TV cooking segment, we uh, uh, I, I did a food from the movies uh, segment where I cooked something, which is uh, you know a famous scene from a movie. And uh, this year I chose a scene from The Godfather in which this uh, massive, brutal murder takes place in a car, I believe involving a piano wire. <laughs> Somebody is somebody's brutally murdered in the front seat of the car while the murderer is in the back seat of the car. And uh, the murder takes place. They, uh, the, the killers uh, get ready to leave. There was a box of cannolis sitting on the seat. And the famous line from the movie... Uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, so I made cannolis. I made homemade cannolis. And uh, it was so easy. They were delicious, I got to say. I'm going to brag a little. They were absolutely delicious. And uh, you can see the segment, and you can get the recipe for the whole deal. We put them all up at wgntv.com slash Cooks. Uh, yeah, WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. You can get the recipe for my homemade cannolis. You'll be, I'm telling you, you'll be shocked at how incredibly easy uh, this recipe is. But that was my food from the movie scene. Uh, we've done uh, lots of them on television. Last year, we did the uh, fettuccine or the pasta uh, from Lady and the Tramp. We had, uh, I, I made this big old bowl of uh, spaghetti 
and we had Paul Conrad on one side and one of our producers, Brian Say, on the other. And we we prearranged so it was the same spaghetti strand. So they would wind up on the same spaghetti strand, just like Lady and the Tramp uh, from the famous Disney scene from the movie. But there are there are many, many, many. So I'll shut up and we can get right to the phone lines and the text line of your favorite scenes from the movies. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. And Susan, let's start off with you today. Happy Oscar Sunday to you. Oh, and the same to you, Dean. Um, I have many, but what I was trying to do was sort of weave a combination of several um, movies. And what I was thinking is, um, when um, this is Godfather also, when Clemenza is trying to um, show Michael how to cook, you know, with the sausage and the peppers oh, yeah. and the sauce. And he says, you might have to cook for a group someday. And then I was thinking, <laughs> okay, there's garlic in there, but Paul Sorvino in Goodfather, no, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, Goodfellas yeah. where he's shaving with a razor blade, a razor blade. in jail, the garlic. And then I thought, okay, put the sauce over what you mentioned earlier from Lady in the Tramp. I don't know if it was Bugantini or spaghetti. Right. And you just put that sauce over the pasta, and then I thought, oh, dessert. What could we do for dessert? So, you know, there's always something from water, um, chocolate like water, or was it water like chocolate? Uh, I think it was chocolate like water. Chocolate like water. Um, um, Yeah, okay. And then from um, um, a bun cake from my big fat Greek (laughs) wedding. Bunt? Bunt. Dessert. There's a, Marie, there's a hole in that cake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I got stuck on an appetizer, and the only thing I could remember was, I think, when Harry met Sally, she was eating a oh. salad. Oh. But I'll, that's all I could think of for an appetizer. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Who do, what, kind, what cook wouldn't want that response when you serve somebody to get that kind of response from somebody? I know. So I was just thinking of a bunch of movies and a different bunch of food scenes and how to weave them together but um it was just kind of fun oh man there's there is so 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 many of them a couple of years ago i did the um i did the uh shaving the garlic with the razor blade Oh, yeah. uh, like Paul yeah. Sorvino did. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way. It's a great way to to slice uh, garlic, you know, because sometimes your knives are too big, but the razor blade is perfect. And if you're sauteing it, man, does it ever bring out the flavor? It does. Or if you have a truffle shaver. Right. Um, right. To right. use a, a club of garlic with a truffle shaver. Yeah. That's all. Well, that's fancy. You must be a fancy cook if you have a truffle no, shaver. No, I'm not. <laughs> Hey, wasn't it Clemenza with the uh, take the gun, leave yes. the cannoli? It was. It was. I couldn't think it of the was. character's yeah. name, but now that you said Clemenza, I can see. Yeah. I can see his face yeah. where he's so matter-of-factly. They throw the gun, leave the take the cannoli. Right, right, because his wife wanted the cannoli. That's yeah. hilarious. It's a good one. Thank you, Susan. Have a great Oscar day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you. 312-981-7200 is uh, our phone number. And, uh, boy, we're getting a lot of texts. We always, the phones always explode with this subject. Um, let me see here. We've got, uh, here is the 309 area code. 
Uh, every time my wife and I watch Mystic Pizza, we always think to ourselves, I wish we could visit that restaurant. The pizza always looks so delicious to us. Uh, years ago, years ago, I was in that uh, part of the country, and I drove past Mystic Pizza, and I stopped. I wanted to just get a slice. I didn't want a whole pizza. They didn't sell them, so I couldn't, I couldn't get anything. But, uh, you know, there you go. Uh, here is uh, 309 area code again. Uh, here's uh, Jeff Spicoli in Fast Times, double sausage and cheese pizza learning about cuba and having some food that's a great scene i don't think anyone has ever brought that up in any of our uh uh you know segments that we've done on food from the movies this one comes up every year and i couldn't agree with this more uh dean the big meal scene in the big night is my favorite food scene and the soundtrack is phenomenal both of those things exactly correct if you're not familiar with the Stanley Tucci and uh, Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub uh, movie, The Big Night from 1996, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Top five favorite movies of all time. About two brothers who open a restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant in New York, and uh, they're trying to get you know people to come to their restaurant, and they put on this one incredible, incredible dinner the big night to try to attract the attention of uh, I think it was Louis Prima singer Louis Prima they were trying to get to come to the the restaurant and they create this incredible meal and the centerpiece of this meal is a dish called timpano I've talked about this in the past where it's it's a, a, a it's a layer of pasta a layer of sausage a layer of chicken a layer of hard-boiled eggs tomato sauce all layered into like a a a a pan uh almost like a kettle sort of and you just layer in one one thing at a time you bake it eggs eggs are in it to hold it together you you bake it turn it upside down and take the pan off and it looks like a drum a timpano and that's why it's called that and i've always wanted to make that and um, it's very complicated to, to make it, which is why I never have. Uh, but one day I will. But, wow, I could not agree with you more about uh, that being one of the greatest food scenes of all time. It very definitely is. That's a great choice. Uh, 312-981-7200. And, Paul, you're on WGN. Hello. Hey, Dean. Yeah, when you were mentioning it, maybe it was because you played the Saturday Night Live clip earlier with John Belushi and stuff, <laughs> but immediately I was thinking of Animal House, the food fight. <laughs> one of the greatest. One, one of the the I'm a zit, get it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I could never eat pudding again the same way after that <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a, That's a fantastic one. I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Uh, 312-981-7200. Uh, let me see here. Here's another one for uh, The Big Night. A lot of people. I'm so glad people are checking out that movie. I'm telling you, if I, I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or where, wherever. Find, find this movie, The Big Night, and watch it. Uh, you will thank me for being able to watch 
such a fantastic movie. Uh, here is uh, another. Uh, here's another. Uh, what the, our listener was talking about a moment ago uh, for Dean's uh, movie food, uh, the movie Goodfellas. I want the sausage and peppers that Polly is frying up when he tells Henry he has to turn his back on him now. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic scene, and that sausage and pepper scene just makes me hungry. A lot of people uh, stating uh, Mystic Pizza. Uh, a lot of people uh, stating The Godfather. Uh, yeah, Godfather, uh, the uh, the opening scene at the wedding with all the <clears throat> the uh, with all the uh, fantastic food in it. Two one nine area code says, I always think about how Sinbad just wants McDonald's. In house guests, uh, here is somebody suggesting again from the movie The Big Night. At, at the very end of the movie, this big night is a complete failure. You know, they're they're, they're trying to attract the attention of a, a big showbiz singer, Louis Prima. Uh, they put on this very very elaborate dinner, and at the end, the two brothers are just in the kitchen, quietly making an omelet. Uh, and and somebody said, Dean, it would just be easier to make an omelet from the movie The Big Night. It would be much easier, but I want to challenge myself and take on the uh, timpano. Uh, one of these times, I definitely will do that. Um, here is, uh, let me see here, 708 area code. Uh, the movie Chef has the famous Cubano sandwich on a food truck. Is that the, That's the movie with John Favreau, right? The movie Chef, I, I believe that's uh, the John Favreau. That's a great uh, food movie. Uh, there is uh, Julia and uh, Julie and Julia, the movie about Julia Child, which is a great food movie. Tortilla Soup, uh, Hector Elizondo, uh, is uh, that is a, a family movie uh, about uh, uh, Latino uh, food uh, centered around the, the family. Uh, that's a great uh, movie. Another great movie uh, about family and food is the movie Soul Food. Uh, I can't recommend that one uh, enough. Uh, here is the uh, 262 area code. Uh, says, uh, I love all the southern food at the Christmas party in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, another another fantastic one. I had forgotten about this movie, uh, Jack Nicholson trying to order toast yeah that's a <laughs> it's a classic that one is also a classic yeah there's some really good ones here 312-981-7200 we had uh, somebody on uh, our text line also uh saying that they love the i'll have what she's having scene from when harry met sally uh that is uh, meg ryan and billy crystal meg ryan uh showing illustrating to billy crystal how easy it is to fake orgasm. And uh, so she does it in the middle of Katz's Delicatessen, famous deli in New York, uh, and, you know, screaming and screaming and screaming. And at the end of it, she stops and just, you know, smiles at Billy Crystal. And uh, a lady at the next table uh, says to her waiter, I'll have what she's having. Uh, that that lady, that older lady who says that and delivers one of the classic lines of all time in a motion picture was uh, Carl Reiner's mother. Uh, I'm sorry, Carl Reiner's wife, Rob Reiner's, who directed that movie, Rob Reiner's mother. 
uh, classic scene from the movies, food scene from the movies. Let's get some more when we come right back. 312-981-7200. Oscar Sunday. Talking food from the movies on our Food Time show, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. Oh, man, did we set off a, a, a big night uh, frenzy on our text line. Uh, about 10 people sent me recipes for this timpano that I want to make, this uh, incredibly complicated pasta dish. Uh, I have the recipe. I appreciate it. Thank you for sending the recipes in. I've got the uh, recipe it's just so complicated that I, I need to be in the right mind frame uh, to, uh, to to take it on. But uh, people are, are telling me things. Here's here's a text. Uh, where is it? Where did it go here? Let me see. Somebody, uh, somebody texted in. Oh, yeah, here. I made timpano years ago. It took me five hours. So you got to be in the right frame of mind. To, to cook anything that takes five hours. Come on. Uh, here's another one. 847 area code. We made it for Christmas. It took five hours. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's 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 such a long time. But thank you for the, the recipes. I'll I'll take uh, print them up or you know send them and, and keep them handy. The New York Times had a Stanley Tucci's recipe for Timpano a couple of years ago. I saw that online. So I'm probably going to try Stanley Tucci's recipe since it was his movie. Uh, there, there have been some other recipes uh, for it as well. But in the uh, in the meantime, some of the uh, f- food scenes from the movies. Uh, let's go to Dennis. Uh, you're on WGN. Hello. Hey there, Dean. Um, here's a classic one for you. The Secrets in the Sauce. You know the uh, movie it's from? The secrets in the sauce. Hello. Yeah, no, no. Let me think about it for a second. Uh, yeah, I I know I've heard the line, but I can't place it. Fried green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes. Where they uh, the they murder a guy and and have him disappear, and he's in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Enjoy your lunch, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody te- yeah. did you ever see that movie uh the help yes yeah somebody somebody that was not a yeah yeah somebody texted in the chocolate pie uh from the movie. yeah the chocolate that's pie. all we'll say well, about that. well and there's another one that's uh it turned into a, a trend and it happened quite by accident uh, John Travolta orders two pizzas, uh, slices of pizza, right. and tells the person put one on top of the other. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was and, kind and, of the and, birth of uh, stuffed pizza, wasn't it? Well, it was. It was totally. It was just. It wasn't in the script at all. He just did it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. He wanted two slices instead of one, and and that's. How he how he did it? That that is yeah. a, that is a classic food scene. Hey, how about how about this one from the eight one five area code, Dennis? Somebody said the uh, the bean scene from Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's some good ones. Hey, I hope you have a great Oscar Sunday, my friend. Thank you for calling in. Thank you all for your texts and your calls. And uh, as I said, we'll be uh, recapping uh, everything Oscar. Tomorrow morning on Bob Sriracha between 8 and 8.30. 
tomorrow morning on the WGN TV Morning News. I hope you have a great, great, safe Sunday and safe St. Patrick's Day.